0: Well, hello, bestie, and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz with Brayden podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today we have a little bit of a different episode. I'm gonna be sharing with you some of my finance hot takes. Um, and also maybe you all won't notice, but I feel like I sound a little bit different today. I'm talking a little funny, you know, not that I don't normally talk funny, but I have this like weird tooth situation happening. Um I don't know why I'm sharing this, but you know, why not? Um, I've had a wisdom tooth that's been trying to come in forever. And I think I like, I don't know, like injured myself with like a sharp chip or something because my gum back there is really swollen and I can't like really close my mouth all the way. So it's affecting the way that I talk and all kinds of stuff was like up all night last night with tooth pain. Good stuff. Luckily, luckily. I have dental insurance now and this could be a finance hot take that's like not really part of the podcast but I was just complaining to one of my friends the other day about how terrible the US healthcare system is and why do we have to pay separately to insure our teeth and our eyeballs? Like if you think about it it doesn't really make sense. Like they don't have separate like finger insurance or toe insurance or like elbow insurance. Why specifically the teeth and the eyeballs? I don't know. Our whole structure and our whole system is flawed, but I digress. That's not the kind of finance uh, hot take we're going to be talking about today. Um, instead, we're going to get uh, more into some business finances. So when I said this will be a little bit different, um, really what I mean is it's more kind of stream of consciousness. You're going to hear my ranting today uh, because I didn't create a very structured outline. I thought doing not doing that would make it a little bit more fun. So let's just dive into it. I'm going to start with Talking about credit. So, my hot take, and some of these are like maybe not super hot. It depends who you ask, but you know, there are definitely people on the flip side of every one of these points. But my hot take around credit is that credit is sometimes worth it, and debt is not a moral shortcoming. So, that last sentence, debt is not a moral shortcoming, is a thought that was actually floated by someone in my Instagram stories. When I shared and asked what I should talk about on the podcast. And I thought, you know, you're absolutely right, especially when it comes to personal debt. Not all of us have the luxury of having parents that can pay for our college. So we have college debt. Um, a lot of us need a vehicle. And instead of buying, you know, Maybe if we have $2,000 cash and paying cash for a $2,000 vehicle that we know is going to cost us some repairs, we go ahead and take on a car payment. Like I'm not here to advise you on all those kinds of things, but definitely not a moral shortcoming if you have to take on debt for these types of things. Also not a moral shortcoming if you have credit card debt, okay? Personal credit card debt, it happens. We live, we learn and we move on, right? So if you are slowly chipping away at some credit card debt, I feel you, my friend. A lot of us are there slash have been there. But when it comes to debt in business, a lot of the times for me, it just comes down to investing, right? It's all about the ROI. So I shared on my last profit report about how, and I don't remember the exact number, but it was probably at least $5,000 in credit card debt. I racked up last year when I went into my launch of Profit RX, like I just had to pay for a lot of stuff, but um, I knew that I would make the money back. Like even if I had a terrible launch, I knew I would make at least enough money to pay that back. But I knew that there was you know, a high likelihood that I would make a lot, a lot more than the money I need to pay off the credit card. And I ended up making about $20,000 in the first month or two that I launched that program. And it's made um, at this point, probably about $80,000 year to date. 2022. So that $5,000 in credit card debt, again, I'm just kind of estimating, I talked about this more in that episode, uh, has returned almost $100,000. So did I need to spend all that money? Probably not. Like I probably could have launched without it but I wanted to spend it up front so that I wouldn't have to rebrand down the road, right? So that I could have my photos right off the bat so that the messaging would be dialed in. Some of those things I think were integral to the launch success that I had. Other things, maybe not as much, but I wanted to do them sooner rather than later. So these are the things I think about when it comes to taking on business debt. And honestly, I've done the same thing this year. There were some things that I wanted to pay for and um, getting our one-on-one services launched, hiring new people, launching drag tax several months ago. And I just didn't really have the business savings in the bank. So I went ahead and put it on the credit card. And um, guess what? I'm launching Profit RX again next month. I'm expecting to make more than enough money to pay off those credit cards and fingers crossed, start to build up more of a business savings and a business slush fund so that in the future, when I have things that I want to spend on, um, I will not need to rely on any credit cards. So think about your business debt in terms of what your ROI is gonna be. My next hot take is that you don't need a bookkeeper right away in your business, right? There are probably a lot of bookkeepers out there that would suggest otherwise. Um, They might encourage you and say that you need an accountant and a bookkeeper right away. I disagree. Uh, Bookkeeping ultimately, especially if you're a sole proprietor or a single member LLC, it doesn't need to be complicated. You don't have to create your own balance sheets. Really all you need to do is track your income and track your expenses to know how much money you're spending and how much money you're making and, Oftentimes, when we're baby brand new business owners, we could do that in a spreadsheet, right? We could uh, also do it on a piece of paper. Like if you have one new client a month and you're spending money on five things, that's going to take you no time at all in order to track those deductions. So paying um, $100 a month for a not very experienced bookkeeper, which is usually who would be charging that amount of money. Not saying that everyone charges that amount. If there's someone who has a lot of experience charging that amount, I would say that they're uh, undercharging. Um, But uh, you probably don't need to do that right away. I don't know what's everybody, this is a slight tangent. I don't know what's happening with my computer, but it keeps making the same sound noise that, uh, happens when I change the volume on my computer and it's doing it by my, by itself. And it's kind of freaking me out because then I'm like, is someone else in the, in this recording studio while I'm here, I think we might have a ghost in our presence. So just, um, Keep me in keep me, keep me in your thoughts as I work on this haunted computer. Okay, so we were talking about the bookkeeper. Probably don't need a bookkeeper right away. Exceptions to this, I would say, um, if you're investing a lot of money in your business, especially if you have a business partner and you're both going to put a lot of money in, and you're hoping to you know make this thing happen pretty quickly, then it would be good to have a bookkeeper right away, especially. Um, like I would say an example would be something like a wedding venue, uh, that typically requires a lot of upfront investment. And typically, you know, most of the venue owners I talk to are making quite a bit of money out of the gate because they kind of have to, and because, um, there's just kind of the nature of the business. So in that kind of business, it might make sense. If you have like a physical retail location, it might make sense to have a bookkeeper right away. You're dealing with a lot of product. Um, even if you're not uh, like peak business, as soon as you open the doors to the storefront business, you're going to just have like people walking in, but if you're in a more, a more standard business standard in terms of the type of folks that I work with and the type of folks that I know, listen to this podcast where you put your business out there and it's going to take you several months to get like a slow stream of clients. And then maybe a year two years, three years, even longer to get fully booked, then you probably, uh, can keep your number crunching in house for the first couple of years. All right. Next finance hot take, paying $0 in taxes, isn't it? That's not the strategy. That's not, that's not what we're shooting for. If you're one of these kind of um, like tax protester people who believe that taxation is theft and that none of us should be paying taxes, like you can probably log off and go find someone else. Cause that's not my vibe. That's not what I'm teaching. Um, believe it or not. There are still a lot of people who believe that and try to fight the IRS in tax court every year, every month, saying the taxes are unconstitutional. When we now have decades and decades of case law that you know say otherwise. Uh, also, if you're one of the people, like there are a lot of people who you know maybe believe taxes are perfectly legal, but their goal is to pay zero dollars in taxes. Um, and I would say. For the wealthy, uh, for the wealthy who make most of their money through investing and uh, real estate and some of these other like complex areas that might be possible. I can't really say because those are not my areas of expertise. That's not what I advise in. If you're running a normal service-based business or even a product-based business, you're going to pay taxes because you're going to have profit, right? The, The real way in that case to not pay any taxes is simply to not have any profit. So if you spend 100% of the money you have coming in on deductible business expenses, well, now you have no profit. And maybe some of those deductible expenses were business conferences that, you know, or halfway vacations and other things that, you know, improve your quality of life, like that's all well and good. But if you're also relying on your business to pay your rent, your mortgage, your car payment. These are things that are maybe sometimes partially deductible, but not fully deductible. Um, You're going to need some profit to actually pay for those things. You also need profit to build up a personal savings account and to fund a retirement account and to pay off any debt that you have. So at the end of the day, like we need profit from our business in order to pay our bills. And if our focus is on paying $0 in tax, we're probably not making good financial decisions. So what I often tell people is like, are you gonna shortchange yourself thousands of dollars in order to really stick it to the IRS and not send them like a $1,000, right? Like, no right? It'd it'd kind of be like if I told you, hey, I'll give you $10,000, but in order for you to get it like your arch nemesis, your least favorite person on the planet's also going to get the $1,000. Are you going to say no to the 10,000 just because you want to screw them over? Probably not. All right. At least I hope not, right? Take the money. That's how I like to think about taxes, right? The more you profit, the more you're going to pay in taxes, but also the more money you have in your pocket. All right. Next hot take and th- this one this one just kind of drives me bananas. Credit card fees, my friends, are a cost of doing business. I talk to people all the time who wanna bitch and moan and complain about credit card processing fees and I get it, it's not fun like usually 2.9% of your income is going to credit card processing fees, but it's a cost of doing business. Okay? If you are trying to run a business in the modern day where you only take check in cash, in Venmo, and money under the table, in Cash App, and this and that. A, I think it's relatively unprofessional. Kind of depends on the business that you're in, but for most of our businesses, I just think it doesn't look that. Yeah, a check is like professional, but uh, I think if you're, you know, doing three thousand dollar contracts and asking people to Venmo you, like that's that's not the journey we want to be on. Okay. Um. Also, most people nowadays don't even carry checks. And that's kind of a generational thing too. So it kind of depends on your ideal client, right? And who you typically work with. But a lot of people don't carry checks. They don't want to write them. Same thing with contracts. Like everyone, I do sign contracts via PDF, um, especially for like speaking engagements and things like that. When you occasionally need to send someone a contract, but you don't do that for your normal clients, then You might not want to pay for like a standard contract software, but if you are sending contracts all the time, you should have that like done electronically by now. And the same thing happens with credit cards. So it's a cost of doing business. You want to track your credit card processing fees in your bookkeeping. So if I charge someone $1,000 and then I have a $29 credit card processing fee, I'm going to log $1,000 in income and then a $29 deduction. That's how it should look in the books. That's how you need to run it, all right? Um, an, an option here though, and this is you know what I often share in my programs, is that you can request ACH payments. So a lot of payment processors will not charge you a fee if you get paid via ACH, um, because that's really just like a bank transfer. So what I often recommend is if you use a payment platform, like I think HoneyBook allows this, Dubsado, many others, If you use a platform that allows ACH payments, you can tell your clients in the email when you send their invoice, like these are the forms of payment we take. However, we prefer ACH payment as it saves us credit card processing fees. So ACH payments are appreciated. Then you're kind of leaving it on your client if, uh, They see that, they might say, okay, great. I don't really have a payment preference. I'll go ahead and pay with ACH. If they want to get their credit card points, they're probably still going to pay with a credit card. And that's totally fine, right? If the credit card processing fee is really eating into your profit that much, you need to raise your prices, all right? Do not, however, pass the credit card processing fees onto your clients. Your clients do not want to be nickel and dimed, all right? None of us want that. Um, Also in many states, it's not allowed. It's against the law. Um, here in California, I believe the rule is that you can t- you can give a discount for cash payments, but you can't pass the credit card processing fee on, which is kind of, you know, like a silly rule, but that's what we have to work with. All right. Next, next hot take. Stop being mad at people if they want to 1099 you. <laughs> this is something that I, uh, I got a DM the other day about this. Um... I talked to an individual who was frustrated because they were getting a 1099 and they said they were getting this from a client who they undercharged. And now they wanted to, they were basically asking if they could go back and charge the client more money because now they were paying taxes on it. And I was like, no, you already agreed to a contract. Even if it was verbal, you had a binding agreement. If They're 1099ing you. It's just because they're legally required to, um, and it was income to you. So you're already legally required to report it on your taxes, So none of these under the table shenanigans that we're not reporting, all right? That's not what we want to be doing, especially, my friend, if down the road, you eventually want to try to buy a house, qualify for a mortgage, buy a car, do anything that requires proof of income, you need that income in order to show that you actually make income, right? That's the point. On the flip side... Please, for the love of all things that are good and holy, stop sending 1099s when you don't need to. The rules are a little complicated. They're pretty specific, but I do have a very thorough blog post on this. You can find it at www.braydendrake.com forward slash 1099s. That's 1099s, the letter S, 1099s. You don't need to send 1099s if you're paying people via credit card, debit card, If you pay people via PayPal, so most payment processors don't require them. Um, Also, you don't send 1099s to people who have S-corporations and C-corporations. I have an S-corp. I get 1099s every year, and it drives me bananas, because then I have to print my tax return and I have to write a little letter that says I received this 1099. I have an S Corp. Therefore, I'm unable to report it on my S Corp tax return. That's why you will not see it on my tax return. And I have to do that proactively. So then the IRS does not send me hate mail and ask me why the 1099 is not reflected on my tax return. And if people would stop sending improper 1099s, I would not have to do that. A lot of other people don't even know that and then um, they're not writing that little letter or they're reporting it in the wrong place and it's just a whole mess. So before you go out and send 1099s willy nilly, please understand the rules. Um, and I know some of the 1099s I've received have been from people who have accountants because the accountants advised that I got them. And I really wish these accountants and tax repairers would actually read the rules on the 1099 form so that they understand them and would you know, appropriately advise their clients. All right. Um, next hot take, you need to pay yourself from the beginning. So focus on profit, at least a little bit. This is the entire philosophy from the really popular book, Profit First. I'm going to talk about that in a second. So you need to pay yourself from the beginning, because otherwise, um, we kind of get in this habit of allowing our business to not be profitable. We think, I don't really need to worry about it right now. I'll focus on my profit down the road. I'll pay myself later, but then later comes and then later comes again. And it continues to come and be later and later and later. Um, And we kick the can and we still haven't paid ourselves. And we're like, why is our business making $50,000? But like, I'm not making any money. It's because you didn't prioritize it in the beginning and create a habit of paying yourself on a routine basis. So we like to do that. Um, before s and before salary, I encourage people to pay themselves every Friday or every other Friday as part of what we call our finance Friday routine. If you're wondering, all right, well, Braden, how do I pay myself from my business? Not to worry because I have a bonus episode coming next week on Tuesday that's going to answer that question. So stay tuned for that. The last note was on profit first. Someone asked me if I could talk a little bit about it. I said, Sure. If you're unfamiliar, that system encourages, it, encourages you to have five different bank accounts and to separate your money into these different bank accounts. And on the surface, I like the system. But in practice, I found um, I worked with a lot of people who have implemented the system. And I found that most of them only really ended up using three accounts. And I have found that there are ways to even streamline that. streamline that. So I talk about it in my book. Um, which you can get on my website. And we talk about it in our program. And what I like to have people do is automate their tax savings into a savings account linked to the bank account. And uh, you can do that for profit as well. But to kind of simplify the system is what I like. Having five separate bank accounts complicates your bookkeeping a lot, especially if you're using a system like QuickBooks where you have to link all the accounts and reconcile them. Um, It kind of becomes a nightmare if you don't know how to manage it all. And then a lot of people also just don't really keep up with it. If you read the book, and you're 100% gung ho and want to implement the whole system, and you're going to do it all, I think that's fabulous, you go for it. But if you're going to half ass it, then you might as well, like, not even. So I hope that makes sense. So that was it. That's all the hot takes I wanted to share today., um, if you continue to tune into the podcast week to week, I'm sure you'll hear a lot more. Um, I was gonna record, I was gonna record like five more episodes today, but this tooth situation is just uh, not 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 it. I'm not feeling it. So I'm gonna be done for the day, but don't worry, all the rest of your podcast episodes will be to you. Um, on time in the coming weeks. I'm very excited because we will have uh, bonus episodes for the next three weeks. So stay tuned because in addition to your normal Thursday episode, we're going to have bonus episodes the next three Tuesdays, um, which will be November 29th, December 6th, and December 13th. Doors will open to ProfitRx, our signature program, um in December so stay tuned because we're going to have some really amazing bonuses and this tends to be like our biggest launch of the year because a lot of the messaging that we do um is really key and pivotal, pivotal to the new year because LLC formation escort formation ideal time to do that is January tax season is just around the corner so it's a good time to do that I like to encourage people to get all their bookkeeping wrapped up in December rather than waiting until March Because then when you go to do your annual planning, which is a good idea for us all to do, you have the numbers that you need to actually do proper planning. So with that said, keep your eyes peeled, continue to tune into the podcast. And if you're loving the episodes, um, please uh, give it a share on your social media. Give me a tag, always appreciated. Tell your friends all the good stuff. So thank you for tuning in. And I will be back uh, in your earbuds, on your phone, in your car, wherever you listen to this podcast uh, in a few days. Have a good one.